This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's The Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. It is Monday. We are approaching July. Yes, the 4th of July is right around the corner. And it's time for The Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. And on today's podcast, if you saw me on Twitter yesterday, on Sunday, I was ranting and raving about the Guardians. Of course, nobody can handle any context or nuance in Twitter. That's my fault. So I'm, I'm going to give you the context. I'm going to give you the nuance of everything that I'm frustrated by when it comes to the Cleveland Guardians. That's going to be the majority of today's podcast. It's the Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull, Brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're listening to The Bull in Cleveland on the Bet Rivers Network. Let's jump right in there. So, as we start, as we head into July, we're, we're basically at the midway point of the season. We will be in terms of games this week, right? The Guardians have played 77 games. So, um, five more games till you're at the official halfway point. In terms of games, obviously the first half, the pre-All-Star break, is more than half. Guardians are off today. They'll play three games in Kansas City this week, uh, this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, before they go to Chicago to play the Cubs at Wrigley. And after they play next Saturday's game on July 1st, it will officially be the halfway point of the season. But to this point, the Guardians have been a major disappointment in the American League. Um, I would say one of the one of the biggest disappointments in the American League. The Guardians are in a division that is absolute trash. It's the worst division maybe in the history of baseball. Obviously, it hasn't been that long since we've been doing six divisions. And the less teams there are in a division, the less likely you have you are to have a quality. You know, it's easier to find one division in one year. That's going to be bad when you have five teams as opposed to six or seven or eight, right? Or even pre-divisions. But it was just one American League, one National League. That being said, this American League Central is particularly awful. Uh, the Twins, who lead the American League Central at 40 and 39, would be tied for last in the American League East. Now, if they played in the American League East, they'd probably be even worse than that. Because even though it's a more of a balanced schedule now, uh, we talked about this before the year, it's not completely balanced. You still play more teams against your division than you play against other teams, just not as many more. Um, so the Twins would probably be in last. But based on their current record, they would be in last place in the American League East. They would be in fourth place in the American League West. They would be in fourth place in the National League East. They would be in fourth place in the National League West. And the best they would be is third place in the National League Central, which is also not very good. Um, there are 
in, in the American League East, the American League West, <clears throat> nine of the ten teams have a plus point run differential. Eight of the ten teams are over 500. In the American League Central, one team is over 500. Four of the five teams have been outscored, including the Guardians, who have a minus 20 run differential. That is the fifth worst in the American League. Uh, in fact, let's see, there are only one, two, three, four teams worse. So they're the ninth worst in baseball. And they're they're actually one run better than the, the Brewers. In fact, they have a worse run differential than the Cardinals, who are 13 games under 500 and last in the NL Central. Do these numbers alone tell you enough? Well, not really. Um, but what I can say is that last year, and, and last year doesn't always matter, but last year the Guardians were a 90-plus win team. In this same bad division, in fact, I would, you know, you know, it was about the same as this year. I was going to say I could argue it was better last year, but not really. It's about the same. Detroit's a little better uh, this year. I mean, the other teams are about the same. So it's, it's, it's overall about the same. Guardians won 92 games last year. Of the teams that won, that were over 500 last year, in the finished over 500 in the American League. Baltimore, Tampa, Toronto, Yankees, Guardians, Astros, and Mariners. The only team doing worse this year than the Guardians uh, is nobody. Uh, the Mariners are right there with them. The 37 and 39. Guardians are 37 and 40. Again, the Mariners play in a division where we know about Houston, although they have not played great baseball, and the Angels, and especially the Rangers, are way better this year than they've been in recent years. The Guardians, and, and part of this is um, maybe unfair expectations. I think when you look at the reality of what the Guardians are, that they overachieved last year. And we should have expected some regression, and I think we did to some degree, but not this bad. Now, we've got a whole 80, what, seven games left. And it's not unreasonable to think. I've, I've been saying all year that despite how bad the, the Guardians have played, and they've consistently played poor baseball for the most part, that I still expect them to win the division because I don't think anybody else is good, and the Guardians traditionally play well in the second half of the year. Francona seems to get the most out of his guys second half of the year. And that may happen. And that may and they may win the division. Now they're not going to win anything in the playoffs because they're just unless they make significant moves. And we'll see what they what <clears throat> is in store for them at the trade deadline here in the next five weeks. Um, well, a little more than five weeks. But as the Guardians are currently constituted, they're a flawed, a very flawed team. Now you look at the American League, and there's other teams that have issues. I don't look at, you know, team like last year, I looked at Houston. I said, man, that is a very hard team to beat. I don't think there's any team like that uh, that's to that level. Even Tampa Bay, who overall has played great this season. Or Texas, who has the, now the best run differential in all of baseball. But 
there are enough teams that are significantly better than the Guardians. They just they don't. Whoever wins the Central's going out, likely in the first round, in the wild card round. And if somehow they make it out of that round, they'll lose in the next round. The Guardians, what they did last year, is just not sustainable. Now I had fun watching that team. It was an exciting way they beat the Tampa Bay Rays. They played tough against the Yankees before finally losing in five games to a team that got wiped out in the next round by the Astros. Sorry, gracious. I just accidentally uh, <laughs> kicked my dog. I didn't realize he was sitting right under my feet. Sorry, buddy. All right, settle down. There you go. Um, what's frustrating about this team, and and as I went on my rant yesterday, there's often people that their argument is, well, they're always in contention. And that's true. Why are the Cleveland Guardians, who frustrate me as someone who is a big baseball fan, and even though most of you know I was born and raised a Cub fan, living in Cleveland for, I've been covering this team for 12 years. And I like the people, I like a, a lot of the members of the front office. I think they do a tremendous job. Their president, Chris Antonetti, their general manager, Mike Chernoff. These are good people and not just good people personally. I mean, I don't know them that well personally, but they're good baseball people. They're amongst the top front office guys in the league. Now, no matter how good you are as a GM, as a front office in general, you're going to make mistakes. In the last couple of years, they've made some mistakes. Unfortunately, they don't they are not given the financial resources to overcome the mistakes or to forget the mistakes to just spend on better players like other teams have. It's a major disadvantage. Yesterday somebody said to me, "Well, you know, payroll doesn't matter." Um you know, where's the, where's the list of the high payroll teams winning championships? Well, I'll give you such list, such a list. Last 10 World Series champs. This is where I'll start with 2022 last year and go back to 2013. This is where these teams, the team that ultimately won the World Series ranked in terms of payroll. And this is opening day payroll. Right, A couple of these teams got even higher. None of these teams got lower. They were trying to win. They didn't get lower as the season went along. But opening day payroll ranks for the teams that won the World Series for the last 10 years. Eighth, 10th, 1st, 3rd, 1st, 12th, 4th, 12th, 10th, 3rd. I'm not saying you got to be number one. Only two of the 10 were number one. But five of the 10 are in the top four. And all 10 are in the top 12. And the Guardians are never that high or haven't been in a long time. In fact, since 1995, so in about 30 years, only one team, one, has won the World Series without being a top 15, top half of the league in payroll. One team. That's it. The Marlins in 2003 were the only team that was not a top 15 payroll when the season began. Now, remember, again, I'm, I'm giving you some, some of these teams that are 8, 10, whatever, that, that um, um, 
the Braves were were 10th in 2021. The Astros were eighth highest payroll last year. I guarantee you, I, I, I only looked it up based on the opening day payroll. I guarantee you those teams were higher by the time we got to the end of the year. The only true, like, small market team was the Royals in 2015. I mentioned the Marlins, only team lower than 15th in payroll in the last 30 years, the 2003 Marlins. You spend, you have a, it doesn't guarantee you anything. The Mets haven't won a World Series in almost 40 years. The Yankees haven't won much since 2000. The Dodgers have won once. Having the highest payroll guarantees you nothing but it gives you a better chance. It's so obvious. The higher the payroll, the more mistakes you can get. Now, ultimately, if you don't have a good person running the show, the Mets, the Mets are run poorly. Their manager stinks. Buck Walter should be fired. Their front office has done a terrible job this year. Okay, it, it's not a, a cure-all just having more money. However, it's so clear that the, that if you have a higher payroll, you have a much better chance of winning. And if the Guardians could just get to, I'm not asking them to be top 10. If they could be in that 11, to think about how good the Guardians could be if they were consistently between 11 and 15. And you want to say, well, there's other teams that make more money. You got to make, you got to spend money to make money. Isn't that the rule? I don't know if it's a rule, but it's, it's you know, People complain about the attendance. Attendance in Cleveland generally has not been great for baseball. Attendance has been up this year significantly, especially since in the in the last you know month. Crowds have been good. I mean, I went to a game uh, a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night against the Astros. I mean, the place was packed. You look at the home games lately. Attendance has been really good, really good. People will come, and this is. And attendance has improved significantly from last year with a mediocre team. That has been hard to watch at times. Look at let's see the attendance this weekend. It 25,000 yesterday, 33 on Saturday, 30 on, on Friday. Now the Oakland series was a little was lower. They had 18,000 the first two games. That's not, but it's the, it's the A's. They're the worst team in baseball. Hard to watch. They even had 24 for the Thursday game against Oakland. Series before that against the Astros, 26 on Sunday, 35,000 the Saturday. The Friday night game against the Astros that I went to, which was a great game, 32,000. The weekday games, yeah, they're not as well attended. The weekends are getting big crowds, and even the weekdays have been better. And overall attendance is way up, way up for the Guardians. People want to see a good baseball team. People want to believe. And a lot of people do. When I went on my rant on Twitter yesterday, I, I ticked a lot of people off. How do you rip the how do you rip the ownership? Ownership. Listen, I've always given given Dolan credit. That he's hired good people over the years. He lets him do his job to some, you know, to some degree. I agree with that. But you know, it, it really. I was thinking about this this morning. I consistently hear, "Well, they're so they're always competitive. They're always competitive. They're always competitive." That's fine. That's great. It's true. Guardians have won a lot of games, especially since Terry Francona took over. 
Guardians have never been under 500. Oh, sorry. 2021, they finished 80 and 82. They've never, I mean, that's their worst season of the Terry Francona. And this is his 11th year here. He's done a great job and they've done a great job. But it's all about winning the big one. And since going up 3-0 on the Cubs, 3-1 on the Cubs in the 2016 World Series, the Guardians have done very little winning when it matters. Very little. They've gone, let's see, 2-9, 2-11, They've lost 14 of 20 playoff games and won one series since going up 3-1 on the Cubs in the World Series. And the reality is that since since 2007, uh, the Guardians, outside of the great 2016 run, have won one playoff series. That's the truth. You got to win when it matters. They haven't. They have a massive advantage in this division. The other teams stink. The other teams are run poorly. I do give the owner some credit. I'm not saying he's a terrible owner. He doesn't spend enough. He did. He spent decently at times. But the last few years, and you want to make the excuse of the pandemic? Well, every other team was affected by it, too. So I don't want to hear that anymore. I'm sick of that excuse. I'm sick of hearing he's not as rich as the other owners. These guys are all billionaires. If he cannot afford to have a middle of the road, I'm saying around the 15th best payroll in the league, if he can't afford that, that he's got to sell the freaking team. Oh, be careful what you wish for. Well, I wish we had an owner that was committed. Committed to, to not being competitive. Committed to winning it all. Going all in. The Guardians have a superstar in Jose Ramirez. You got all these top prospects. We've been hearing about these top prospects for so long. Well, a lot of them are not doing much. And even if they they will eventually, I'm not giving up on, uh, listen, Bo Naylor just came up. Arias hasn't played enough. Freeman hasn't played enough. Rocchio's barely been up here. We haven't seen Valera yet. I'm not giving up on any of these guys. But you know who did give up on some guys? The Guardians. They gave up on Nolan Jones. So far, he's been excellent. They gave up on a big Huge dude in Will Benson, who's playing really well for Cincinnati right now. They gave up on Yandy Diaz. Now, Yandy, they gave a chance. It didn't work out here. Okay. But Will Benson never got a chance here. Nolan Jones didn't even get 100 plate appearances. He was your best prospect at one point. Will Benson was a first-round pick, and he's huge. We can't give him a chance. We've been hearing, oh, we're going to pat for years. Guardians got to package together all this glut of prospects to get proven players. It's never happened. Never happened. And that's why they've had to give away, essentially give away, Will Benson and Nolan Jones, who are both performing. Again, they haven't proven enough yet. I'm not saying the story's been written about those guys. The Guardians have made a lot of great moves over the last few years, a lot. But... We've now gotten to a point where they have no production from a, a, a number of spots in the lineup. Now, think about the Guardians outfield. The Guardians outfield is getting no production. Stephen Kwan 
Will Brennan, Miles Straw, and I'll get to Miles Straw specifically in a minute, have combined for 820 plate appearances. They have six home runs and 58 RBIs. In 820 plate appearances, six homers, I think four by Brennan, and 58 RBIs. That is pathetic. Miles Straw has the fifth worst OPS in baseball. Last year, he had the second worst. Year before that, he was pretty good. He only had the 11th worst OPS in baseball. He cannot hit. They're paying him on average over $6 million a year. I got idiots on Twitter telling me, oh, they could trade him. He's not overpaid. He's not overpaid. He's the worst hitter in baseball. Besides maybe our old buddy Austin Hedges. Guardians have gotten no production out of catcher. Hopefully they will. Got to give Bo Naylor a chance. Josh Bell stinks. Jimenez is, Jimenez is going to bounce back. He's playing better. He'll be all right. Next year, I would love to see what I'm – we're not going to. The Guardians make a commitment to it, whatever it takes via trade, free agency, raising the payroll, and adding some legitimate hitters to the lineup. Ramirez, Jimenez, Josh and Bo Naylor will start Quan or Brennan. One of the two. I need two power hitters in my corner outfield spots. I'm stuck with Josh Bell for another year. If I'm the Guardians, when I trade Shane Bieber, and they will trade Shane Bieber this year, and they should trade Shane Bieber this year because he's not going to be here long term, I would take less in return to get Josh Bell off the books. But I'm assuming Josh Bell is going to be here next year. So I'm catching Bo Naylor. I'm stuck with Josh Bell at DH, whatever. Naylor at first. I'd rather have Naylor as my DH and bring in a first baseman two years from now, unfortunately. So you're going to have Bell and Naylor first base DH. Jimenez at second. Uh, either Arias or Rocchio is going to play short probably. Keep Tyler Freeman as utility man. Uh, and then third base is Jose Ramirez. I'm, I'm either Quan or Brennan in center, and I got to get two legitimate corner outfielders. I'm, I'm wasting money on Miles Straw. It's lost money. Uh, he's not even playing great defensively this year. He's been good. He's good. I mean, you know, he's still really good, but he can't hit. I can't have him in the lineup. Why he plays every day, I have no idea. I, I, it's just insane. Could you live with Miles Straw on a team with a great lineup? It, sure. I guess. This team has a terrible lineup. I can't have. I, I Think about this. Think about the production they are getting. I just get the outfielders have six home runs. It's insane. Six. Aaron Judge has 17. He's missed half the season. I could find uh, 15 slapdicks that have hit 15 home, that have hit six home runs. I mean, it's it, how how can you think that's sustainable? It's it's not going to change. Is Will Brent? Could Will Brennan hit for some more power? Yeah, okay, a little bit. Quan's never hitting for power. Miles Straw has twelve RBIs. The guy plays every day. He can't hit. Again, three starting outfielders have combined. For six home runs. Six. 
Jan Gomes. Remember Jan Gomes, our old friend? He has seven home runs this year. Gary Sanchez, who wasn't on a major league roster to start the season, has 84 plate appearances between the Mets and the Padres. I think he's been cut three times, has seven home runs. I could give you 10 guys that probably most of you had never heard of that have hit seven home runs. Blake Sable, Yainar Diaz, Brendan Donovan, Matt Veerling, Pavin Smith, Chaz McCormick, Mickey Moniak. I bet you most of you never even heard of these guys. They have more home runs in the outfield. Carlos Santana's got six home runs. He's 114. Josh Donaldson of the Yankees, who only has eight hits on the season. Eight. 64 trips to the plate. He's been awful. He has as many home runs as the three Guardians outfielders combined. It's amazing. You can't win sustainably like this. The Guardians should have known it. They should have been more aggressive. Now, again, they're held back by ownership. I, I hate to put much blame on the front office, but you locked into a Josh Bell contract that was a disaster. I thought it was a good move, too. It's been, it's been terrible. Mike Zanino, waste. You locked in on Miles Straw a few years ago. Total waste. You're wasting money there. And if you don't have a payroll, if, you don't, if you're not going to spend, this is what you're going to get stuck with. Massive holes in the lineup. Rotation's been okay. You know, I like what what we've seen mostly for the young guys. I thought Tanner Bybee did a great job Saturday grinding out that victory after the defense imploded on him early. Thought he did a good job getting through six. I think Gavin Williams is going to be great. I know his first start wasn't great. Logan Allen's good. I, I like these young guys. Yeah, we got. Uh, hopefully McKenzie comes back before the end of the season. The bullpen's been mostly rounding into form. Classe's been pretty much back to himself. I just can't, I can't take watching some of these empty spots in the lineup. I didn't understand Francona, who I don't think has had a particularly good year. Certainly don't want to fire him, but I, I don't think he's had a particularly good year. Uh, I don't. I didn't understand the, deci- the decision to run straw for Tyler Freeman. I don't. I didn't get that. Freeman's a good athlete, and then of course in the last inning, straw with a chance to win the game doesn't come. Not that Freeman necessarily would have come through. And they and and the you know Ramirez and Naylor had bad at bats in the tenth inning too. Ramirez swung both swung a bad pitches to strike out. It's just disappointing. I'm just frustrated as as many fans should be. I just think the I think this team has given a pass too much. The payroll is just ridiculous. And you, you got to just upset. Well, they're always in the mix. Well, okay, the division stinks. It stinks. It's much easier to be competitive when you're in the worst division in baseball. It's not about being competitive. It's about winning a championship. And if the Guardians don't raise the payroll, I think it's going to be nearly impossible to do. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining me as always. Uh, There's really nothing at the moment to say about the Cavs or the Browns. It's kind of a slow time, but uh, the the the, um, the uh, Cavs did make a second round pick in the draft. 
I mean, I, I can't, I, I can't get worked up about that. I talked about it a little bit the other day, but uh, we'll see. It's a remote chance he ever becomes a legitimate part of the team. As for the Browns, it's the calm before the storm. Training camp starts in about four weeks. It's going to be a big year, big year in Berea for the Browns. Everybody's job on the line beyond the make or break season for the organization. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing, and thanks to all of you for listening. I'll be back later this week. Where else but right here? It's the Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Bull in Cleveland on the Bet Rivers Network.